Welcome to Ethereal Underground. I'm your host, TNT, and this is episode 49. Well, it's been a while since the last episode, and I've been super busy. I've wanted to do probably three episodes at least by now, but have not had time. I've done several interviews regarding the technology that I've developed, worked on since 2004. As a research scientist, I specialize in air and surface contamination and technologies that clean the air and surfaces in real time. And what I've developed and worked on over the years is a, a cold plasma. It is a bipolar ion cluster. It consists of positive hydrogen ions, negative oxygen ions that are produced simultaneously, and they're in a charge state or excited state, cold plasma. What's nice about the hydrogen-oxygen ion bipolar cluster, when it's in a charged state and it's introduced into an environment, say your room, an office, a bedroom, classroom, any contaminants that are in the air and surfaces when these ion clusters touch bacteria, viruses, mold, mildew, it kills or neutralizes them on contact and then breaks down into water vapor, H2O, and CO2. It works very well. It's not toxic. It's not harmful to humans, plants, or animals. It basically duplicates a thunderstorm. What happens in the thunderstorm, same ion clusters are generated, and that's how the earth cleanses the air and surfaces. So these interviews I did kind of went semi-viral, and then the orders have just flooded in, and we're a small company, so it's been seven days a week, 12, 14-hour days, trying to get units made. They're made here in the United States and getting them packaged, labeled, shipped, and it's just stressful and time-consuming. So that's where I've been. I haven't been on vacation on a beach somewhere having my tall glass of iced tea. Unfortunately, I've been working seven days a week. So not to bore you with details, but just to explain my schedule and how these interviews have been put on hold. Well, a lot happens. It continues to happen worldwide and locally. There's a lot of concern, rightly so, of what's the economy doing with banks having difficulty maybe with liquidity. And uh, there's a lot happening behind the scenes, not discussed via the media, probably behind closed doors of the condition of the banking system worldwide, but especially here in the United States. I can imagine these closed door meetings as they don't want the, the public to panic and have runs on banks, start uh, pulling money out of banks, money that maybe banks don't have because they loan out money 
and they have limited reserves. So if there's any small panic or a stampede, no bank can withstand that. So they don't want the banking crisis to gain momentum and then affect the world economy. That's tough because our banking, and I'm not going to make this episode about economics or, or banking. I mean, I could, but there's plenty of shows, podcasts, shows that talk about that with, with experts. So it's covered in detail, but I'm just touching the highlights. The fact that our banking system really relies on Joe Sixpack, the average citizen's confidence or faith in the banking institution. So as long as there's general consensus where there's confidence and faith in the banking system, then able to proceed with loans and deposits and savings accounts, checking accounts, so forth. But we're at a point where confidence is waning or people are nervous. The faith and credibility of the banking institution is being questioned. And that's once I get started, that's hard to reverse. So the momentum is heading towards a distrust in the banking s- system, and that's that's not good. On top of that, you have probably most governments. I, I don't know if there's a handful of governments out there that have balanced budgets. It could exist. But the, the big players, for example, I'm just picking on the United States since I live here for now. The, the United States government overspends. So it's a debt-based spending program, which is not sustainable. But I think the debt increases or the interest increases a trillion dollars every six months. And I don't know current figures, if it's 38, 39 trillion somewhat in that vicinity of debt. Well, these are numbers so large they can't be paid back. So that that's an issue. What happens when the debt's so large it can't be paid back? Well, then that's definition of bankruptcy. What happens when a major country like the United States is bankrupt? I think technically it's been bankrupt for many decades. The problem with that is the U.S. dollar was used as the world's reserve currency. So I don't think in human history a superpower or one close to a superpower that had the status of the world's reserve currency where that currency went into hyperinflation. We, people made fun of in the years past, like Zimbabwe, Venezuela, Argentina, where they've had hyperinflation and the financial system has collapsed more than once. This is the first time I think that a world's reserve currency in a major first world nation experienced hyperinflation. So that would be worldwide in its effect. So Germany after World War I, in between World War I and World War II, 
when that Weimar Republic went into hyperinflation, that was regional. Now, Ger Germany is, is an industrial powerhouse in Europe, so it had great impact, but it was still regional with hyperinflation, and that sparked World War II. This is different with the world power with a global reach. Having that currency, the U.S. dollar, experience hyperinflation. So these are interesting times. The other aspect that I wanted to consider is the fact that the violence of, of society is increasing exponentially. So it's that typical hockey stick graph where it sharply rises almost straight up, and that's alarming. So the fact that you have a society that is so stressed out and on edge, where tempers fly and there's violence, even as extreme as, as murder. So people getting murdered over leaf blowers or playing the radio too loud, neighbor protesting, and then they're all shot and killed. Or you have this trend of 200, 300, 400 teenagers, almost like they're getting a download, a signaling. And then there's a mass rioting where they might pick on a particular retail store and ransack it, overwhelming the, the police by numbers. And there's a carnage, mayhem, left in its wake. So this isn't dying down. In fact, it's increasing. So if you were to map it or you think, boy, if it's like that now, what would it be like a year or two years from now? And then does it really escalate when you add on top of it hyperinflation? The problem with hyperinflation is it acts as a magnifying glass. And when people can't eat or pay their rent or utilities, that stress amplifies the animal behavior or the behavior of retaliating. So, of course, as the purchasing power of the currency, money gets less and less, and it's hard to or impossible to make ends meet month to month, then you will have an increase in the violence, the frustration, the murders, and the breakdown of society at an exponential rate. So a year from now, two years from now, the United States would be rec unrecognizable with the lawlessness. Then what's the reaction? It's always getting military involved or curfews, and then it, it just gets worse and worse. So it's a spiral of an implosion, implosion of a nation or implosion of society, community. An interesting trend in the United States is a lot of talent and let's say those that have the funds, the resources, money, a lot of talent and money has been leaving the United States. In fact, I think the past 12 months, easily 12 months, 18 months, more people have exited the United States than ever in the nation's history. Well, why is that? Well, that's people that, that see what's coming. There is no fix. 
the government's not capable of fixing it. They want to remove themselves from the carnage, the chaos that's coming. And if you have an ability to work abroad or you have funds, because it's expensive to just pick up and leave, you can't do that inexpensively. So those that have picked up and left is the highest number in the history of the country. You have a lot of talented people, doctors and scientists, maybe educators, certainly entrepreneurs who are leaving. So you have a brain drain or an exodus of some of the better portions of society. And that's not a a good sign either. And that's what's been happening. So I wouldn't be surprised if early 2025, and it'll probably be an executive order because a lot of the country seems to use the unconstitutional executive orders and bypassing Congress and Senate. But an executive order where there'll be a huge exit tax imposed in a way that would be like a financial barbed wire fence installed around the nation to make it difficult to leave. Because a country will want to keep its wealthier citizens or its talent from leaving so that they can further tax and drain that talent because governments, corporations, and that's what the government is. It's a corporation. Hopefully you know that. Corporations, even though they're they're not organic, they're not human, they want to survive. They have a lot of human traits. Like a corporation can be greedy. A corporation can be dishonest or ornery. Unfortunately, traits that a lot of humans exhibit. So a government wants to survive. That organization entity wants to survive, and it'll survive at all costs. Even if its survival means it cannibalizes its own citizenry. So that's the state that we're absolutely... Many countries are, they're at at that state where they will cannibalize every living, breathing, walking citizen within its jurisdiction. So there'll be a exit tax imposed to try to keep people from fleeing. And I don't, I'm just making up numbers, but it it could be a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars or higher to where you can't leave. That will absolutely be the case probably by twenty twenty early 2025. So uh, those that sense this and look at fractal patterns or kind of how history s- t- seems to repeat or rhyme, you have the exodus out of the United States. So I can see why that's the case. Now, what happens if you don't have that ability and you'll be stuck in the, in the United States? One of the questions or statements would be, well, where are you going to flee? Because if this is a global situation, there'll be hardships and increase in violence 
and social breakdown everywhere. That's true. But it won't be proportionately the same. Some countries, the violence will be much worse than others. That should be easily understood because cultures are different. So in the United States, when you have a country where it's kind of coddled its citizenry and it's had safety nets, it's had subsidized programming, money to provide for food every month or housing, health care, as an example, when that's taken away or hyperinflation is so great that those subsidies don't last a full month, maybe they only last two weeks and then there's two weeks of hardship. When you have a society that is entitled, or they feel entitled, gimme, 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 they're going to explode and be way more violent than a second or third world nation where there aren't any subsidies, government subsidies. There are countries today where you interview the citizens and you ask them, do you know what a recession or depression is? And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about because they never really experience it. They live off the land. They're family-based still. They have a culture where they take care of one another. Those countries will see an uptick, but not near the level or magnitude of Western nations. So that's why you have people exiting. They're going to those second, third world nations where the community and society is more family-oriented and you don't have that entitlement attitude. So you won't have the mob gangs and the gimme, 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 I deserve this attitude. If you're stuck in, in the United States, which the majority will be, what, what can you do? That's where communities are very important. And the, the rise of communities on podcasts and YouTube, alternative, I don't know, Rumble, BitChute type channels, Odyssey. There's been an increase last five years about growing your own food and developing skills, carpentry skills, plumbing, electrical, gardening, solar panels. You, you get the idea. How to be more sustainable kind of off-grid, how to downsize, minimal, smaller living, like the, these small, tiny homes, get out of debt. That's huge, very important, get out of debt. When you're in debt, you're at the mercy of the lender. So they become your overlords or masters. In tough times where we are globally, you don't want to, on top of it, be heavily indebted. So that's all you need is multiple boots on your neck when you're trying to survive. So if you're in a country that's going to get more and more violent and experiencing hyperinflation, then a, a community is very viable where you can have markets, local bartering, relying on one another with goods and services. If, if you're in a suburbia or an urban area where you don't know the neighbors, or you certainly don't know the neighbors 
five doors down or you don't know the neighbors two or three city blocks down, that's trouble because you don't have the community feel. You don't have the local hardware store, grocery store where they say hello using your first name. So what would it be to get to that point? And I don't know, you would have to answer that yourself. If you're in an urban area, how, how do I find a community? Do I move out of the urban area? Do I stay in the same state, but move out to a rural area? Or do I move out where I have first, second cousins? And I, I don't know, but you definitely want to have a plan B and a plan C. And at this point, if you don't have a plan B or plan C, that's, I don't know. I wouldn't want to be in your shoes. Then I, it's possible you've waited. You're too late. Uh, I hate to say that, but that's being re realistic. These are interesting times that we're living in, very stressful times that we're living in. And ignoring your environment, ignoring the situation globally, nationally, regionally, locally, nowadays is very dangerous to live in denial or to not have a plan B or C. You can get away with that in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. Not now. Not now. The reality is completely different. And denial or lack of developing skills or a community will most likely determine your fate. I mean, that's truthful. Usually, people don't want to hear the truth. I'm not saying this listening audience that you're that type. But in general, people don't want to hear truth. That's probably a major flaw of humanity. And I don't know if that's... A, manifestation of imperfection. But if a species, if a majority of the species does not want to hear the truth, then that's a sign that that species will go extinct. Absolutely. It will go extinct. But there's, there's an expression. Let me see if I can get this correct. There's an expression. Whatever is truthful is never popular. And whatever is popular is never truthful. So that's a sign of a species that will not survive. And that's absolutely where humanity is. Now, it's a matter of a debate or discussion. How do we get here? Has it always been that way for mankind, looking at history? I, I would say quickly offhand, if I were to answer that, I would say I think mankind's always been that way, but it's gotten worse. Or it's accelerated to where now it is life-threatening or an extinction event. So maybe man's been like this 8,000, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3,000 years ago, but never reached an extinct level where it is now. So you can say yippee, yippee, yay, hooray, you know, uh, we happen to live at this particular time period in mankind's history. It is what it is. I don't, I don't know. We're here now, whether we chose or picked to be here at this time period, or it's just a matter of circumstances. It is what it is. So we have to deal with this. And then if we have any children or grandchildren, 
it's going to be worse for them because they're younger. And I would say if you're 40 and older, I'm just randomly picking 40 or older, it's a much better chance that you've had time to develop some wisdom, insight, maturity to deal with these trying times. It'd be very difficult, say, for example, someone 25 and younger to have such skill sets because it just takes time on planet Earth to develop that. You're 25 years old or 19 years old. You haven't had enough time. It's not your fault. It's just how life works. So all those that are 35 and younger, 25 and younger, it's a tough time for them to be alive at this point in human history. And I have, I'm sure we all have children, grandchildren, relatives in that age group. So I think about that all the time. I'd like to help as much as humanly possible. So I've certainly am not selfish. I'm not trying to self-preserve as the number one priority. So I want to keep my family in mind. What can I do to help family, friend, and community? Fortunately, at least in 2000, the summer of 2007, it was August. I remember it was in August 2007 when there was first reports of the subprime lending struggles in the United States with the banking and started to manifest itself with the housing. Because prior to that, earlier in 2007, I think 2006, probably 2005, that's when they had the ninja loans, no income. And it was easy to, to, to get a loan. You could state any income. They really didn't verify past tax returns or employment history, employment records. And then the housing went up, 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 and up. And then the cracks started to show, summer of 2007. So as that developed, that that's when I thought, oh, yeah, this is going to be a doozy. And I, I bet they'll just paper it over. They won't fix it. They'll just start printing a bunch of money to try to mass the situation. And then what would happen 10, 20 years later? So in 2007, that's when I decided and put in the high gear, high priority, high octane, get out of debt. So I started August 2007, simplifying my life, downsizing getting rid of credit card after credit card, scaling back the business, not taking on any more business loans, preparing for rough times ahead. And it took me 11 years to pay off the, the final credit card, student loans, for example, get those get it, to get everything paid off. And that was because it was high priority for 11 years. And that's 11 years, no vacations, very, very limited eating out, not going to movies. I can't stand Hollywood anyway, but 11 years of grabbing extra work, working on the side, a side hustle, selling stuff, garage sales, Craigslist type things to get debt free. So I don't know about your case. Everyone's different, right? But that's 11 years. So it's a good thing I started in 2007. If I were to start today, there's no way I'd make it. It's Because we don't have 11 years left. But that's what I did to position myself today to where I'm able to make decisions and have the freedom to pick up and leave 
and that's part of wisdom and insight in 2007, pro- being able to project, forecast, what would it look like by 2020, 2022? Now, I didn't know that there would be a pandemic per se, that they were going to roll that out. Didn't see, see that coming or know that it would hit in 2020. But that was just another curveball that was thrown at us which made me glad I started back in 2007 to prepare. So I guess in this episode, what what am I trying to say? I don't know. I'm kind of rambling on it. I guess what I'm trying to say is that the, the future is, in a sober perspective, the future is very scary and it's uncertain. People are turning more animalistic, more violent. Talent is leaving one country, heading to other countries where the culture is different. We see the need to develop friendships and find communities and the importance of getting out of debt. Where do you stand in that? And what's your plan B or plan C? Have you developed a plan B or C? If not, why? Why not? And if you have, how much time and energy are you dedicating to plan B and plan C? Is it high on your priority? And then what's your spirituality look like? That'd be a whole another episode. Because we could be at a point, this, this is my thinking, the listening audience, your thinking can be different, as it probably should be, because we shouldn't be all robotic and, and stamped out of the same cookie cutter. But my understanding is, A high priority also, even before 2007, has been spiritual development and growth, not relying just on a physical mindset, a physical thinking perspective. So I've asked myself questions. How did we get here? What what is life? What is consciousness? Very tough question to, to address and answer. What does the future hold? What happens at death? Where is our consciousness? If we die in the body, the body ceases to exist. We're no longer breathing or heart pumping the blood. What happens at, at that point? So I've put that as a high priority because where we're headed, physical preparation, plastic and leather, or physical goods, metals, precious metals, methods of personal protection or stored food. And that will only go so far. There could be conditions where even the best physical preparation won't be enough. Well, then what? Well, then you enter the realm of physical preparedness. Or are you comfortable with dying? Have you addressed death? Are you at a point where you're not overly fearful of death? And then do you have a a faith or a a stability in a spiritual sense. And that's going to be worth way more than any physical possession. It's worth way more than fanciest mansion, yacht, personal jet, bank account. That's something that money can't buy because it's abstract. It's not in this plane, this 3D plane, like plastic and leather. Widgets are. Spirituality is multidimensional. It's beyond the physical plane. It has the highest value. Spirituality, for example, can't be taxed. It can't be repossessed. It can't be stolen. 
can't steal someone's spirituality. You can steal someone's car. You can steal someone's identity or bank account. You can't steal someone's spirituality. You can't steal someone's consciousness, especially if they control their consciousness and they've trained and developed their consciousness. Now, we, we see a lot of people that seem to be hypnotic, TV programmed, where their conscious and subconscious is programmed by something or someone or a composite group of entities where people are brainwashed or zombie-like and groupthink. They're following the crowd. That can happen. But if you're uh, attuned and you're a real human being, your spirituality, no, you own that. You control that. And that spirituality would extend beyond the body. So if the body dies, your spirituality is still intact. There's still a library of order. There's a library of record that's beyond this plane, beyond planet Earth. So most likely your spirituality is in that realm. And that realm always exists. In science, we call that counter space. So these are interesting times. That's what I've always encouraged. It's hard to, you don't know, there's hard to get feedback, whether it's the weekly show I have on Mondays or these podcasts. It's You don't know what people are thinking. and But it's more of a, record. These the podcasts and the shows are like a digital voiceover diary. And then everything that's said and done and written is recorded in a record encounter space anyway. So these shows are a matter of record. And the purpose is not to be condemnatory, because first of all, I don't have that right. I think as humans, we don't have that right to judge and be condemnatory. Certainly not the motive. But maybe if there's any thinking or observations or perspective that is shared and it helps an individual, that's the intent. If there's anything I can share that can help an individual, that's what I'm willing to do. At no charge. You receive free. You, you give free. So as a brotherhood, we're all related in the human family. Deep down, I absolutely would, would like to help every man, woman, and child, but not everyone wants help. And some people get angry or despise. How dare you help? Well, I would avoid that individual and wouldn't want to aggravate them any further. That's why, for, for example, police, some of the hardest aspects of those in law enforcement police is if they get called into a domestic dispute. <laughs> you never want to try to step in on a domestic dispute. That's the most dangerous. So a lot of times if there's a situation or a person doesn't want your help or doesn't want you to communicate with them, I respect that. I will never talk to them again and I immediately exit as to not irritate. But those that do ask questions or are willing to listen, if there's any wisdom or help, then I certainly would feel free to provide such help. So that's kind of the intent of, of these podcasts and the shows that I have. Well, with that being said, I'll wrap this up. It was kind of long-winded, but I, I 
hadn't done a pod. I like doing podcasts every week. There's no way I've been able to do that. It's so busy. And I continue the next four to six weeks are also swamped. I don't know how many podcasts I'll be able to get out in the next six weeks. Hopefully by then I've, I've caught up as, on the business side. And then I'm able to resume my weekly podcasts and interviews. There's still s- several people to interview and many of you part two. I haven't gotten back to you yet for your part two interviews, but you're definitely on the list. So as always in these shows, try to get outside, get grounded. You want to be out in nature. The body does best at the eight hertz. That's the natural frequency or beat of the earth. That's when your organs function the best. Respiratory system, your mind, immune system, everything works better at 8 hertz. Creativity increases. So a lot of people that write novels or poetry or paint, maybe musical lyrics. It's always best if you're outside or out in nature for you to prosper. So... Get out in nature, get grounded, and a lot of times barefoot. If you can be a, a barefoot, working in a garden, playing with your, your pets, or being outside with your, if you have small children, grandchildren, anything like that. Get away, obviously, from the electromagnetic noise, the Wi-Fi, the TVs, the smartphones, uh, radios, Walkmans, earbuds, things of that nature, and get to that 8 hertz. Well, until next episode which will be episode 50, 50, see, see who will be on for episode 50. Wish everyone well and take care.